you should also keep in mind that uh, Postgres was a research project by Berkeley. And uh, for a research project, it's uh, not, not only valuable to uh, get some solution which would be best in practice, but for a uh, uh, research project, it's, all, it's uh, valuable to just uh, do things differently and achieve some different results. <laughs> you know, it doesn't always have to, to be practical. Yes, it's just it could just, uh, you know, uh, improve our vision and so on. So it's a little bit different goals for research and for industry. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Haas Talks Boss. I'm the Haas, the head of open source strategy at Percona, Matt Yankovic. Uh, today, I am joined by Alexander Korotov. Uh, and we're here to talk about some of the things that he's done in the PostgreSQL space and in his career. How are you this morning, Alexander? I'm good. good. I'm good, good this morning. And you? I'm, I'm very well. I'm very well. <laughs> Excellent. So you have a long history in the Postgres in the open source space. How did you get started in open source and in Postgres specifically? Yes. Um... I'm started uh, with Postgres more than 10 years ago. Um, I, ha uh, I have explored the functionality of Postgres and uh, uh, there is a contrib uh, model which provides Levenstein distance function, uh, which is number of editing operation to transform one string into another. And that time, uh, that uh, version, uh, the implementation in Postgres uh, didn't support uh, multi-byte encodings properly. So it's just uh, compare strings byte per byte, right? And uh, that didn't work well <laughs> uh, with all the characters. And uh, uh, I explored the code and I found this is quite easy to fix and uh, that was my first patch to the hackers mailing list and um, and then i <clears throat> also found that uh, uh, we can do some optimizations for uh, this function and that <laughs> that was my basically my second patch and um, starting from my first uh, contribution um, I, I have uh, faced with uh, high uh, requirements, high level of requirements to the coding uh, from community. So uh, Robert, uh, I remember uh, my patch was re reviewed by uh, Tagaki Kahira and Robert Haas and uh, uh, we have to do many analysis of performance of uh, could support of multi-byte encoding uh, make the function slower and uh, and so on yes this is how, how i get involved and uh, then i get involved in the uh, indexing stuff because uh, that was my field of interest uh, during uh, my PhD studentship, 
and uh, I wrote some patches to uh, improve split functions for geospatial indexes and so on. This is how I did uh, involved into Postgres. Yeah, and and so your early work was still on performance, and it was focused on making things faster in in you know a few different things. And uh, I know that you've also done some work on different you know indexing. And, and is the indexing that you're talking about the VGram indexing that you were looking at early on? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. V VGram indexing. Uh, yes, it's one of my early early extensions. Okay. So as you started to, to look at those early things, mm -hmm. you started to, to see patterns around things that needed to get fixed. And, you know, maybe tell us about, you know, where your current passion kind of came from, which right now you're very focused on that uh, the, the core of the database and some of the limitations that have been there since you got started even. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, uh, probably my path to these problems uh, started even before uh, before contributing Postgres because uh, when I uh, start just start uh, getting involved into database, when I uh, read uh, regarding relational theory and SQL, uh, no, my first question was. Um, how does database perform uh, when there are became many rows, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> is it, you, you know, for instance, you have table, it, uh, your query works fast when there is a thousand of rows, but what if there is a million of rows and billion of rows and uh, how, how much performance is, uh, how much is performance degradation there? No, but uh, uh, it's it's nice to keep uh, performance degradation in some constraint. It's not okay if your time, uh, if your uh, query latency uh, increases linearly with uh, data volume. <laughs> that would be not okay. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and. Uh, so I learned about uh, indexes. I learned about uh, that we have, I, I was aware that there are some uh, in-memory data structures like, um, you know, so uh, binary tree, hash and so on. But I have learned that there are uh, special uh, data structures for in external memory uh, like, uh, B plus three implemented at Postgres, uh, and and so on. But uh, uh, when I started to use Postgres, it probably was um, Postgres seven dot four, so it was quite early, early version, and. Uh, and vacuum there was a was an issue. I don't uh, that version probably already had after vacuum, but uh, it was not not uh, even not not as good uh, as now. <clears throat> and th this is why I uh, 
I started to think about MDCC because so I'm an engineer who is uh, researches <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything, oh, yeah, yeah. everything I get into hands like in my childhood. I when I get a toy car and I try to uh, you know disassemble it and uh, explore each part, try to assemble it back <laughs> and so on. And MVCC was uh, uh, the mechanism was which was uh, catch my eye from the beginning because it's when you just work at SQL level, it's just uh, like a magic. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, yeah. you can do you can do things concurrently, but you are still uh, you you still looking for consistent snapshot when you observes it in the first time it's a magic assuming it's non-blocking <laughs> right yep yep yes yeah and, and i that, think that uh, oh th those early days with with vacuum and and those who are listening who don't uh quite know the the the, the method behind this uh data in postgres is marked for deletion uh but the the data is still there and the vacuum process comes back and cleans it up in early days that was a very, very disruptive process that slowed things down. So yeah. it it would it would definitely block and lock things quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. And I already and already early days I have started to think about uh, how how uh, what are possible design decisions because. Uh, it's not only marking uh, old role versions as deleted, but another issue that uh, uh, roles are identified, right? And uh, if you update some, uh, if you update some role, uh, you have new version with new teeth, and you and you have to insert into every index. Uh, to make new index entries, which uh, refers new TID. And, uh, you know, th this was, you know, that's significant slowdown. Uh, and I have started to think about it long before, uh, long before Uber post about right amplification and so on. And then I, I thought about, about the, that, uh, that uh, we, we could, that uh, if we would have some uh, row identifiers which uh, isn't changed due to update, uh, then we don't have to insert to every index. Uh, but uh, we probably should do immediate uh, delete for old uh, uh, old version of modified index. And then I started to think about about this uh, design issues, how we can design di uh, differently and uh, what consequences do we have? So it's like uh, a properties uh, where you can, you know, pick uh, some of them and you can't pick every, every from, from them. So you, you can try to combine and uh, 
find the the best possible combination the best possible combination for typical workload so there is no combination which would be perfect for every workload that's you know that's a clearly impossible due to theory of optimization and so on and so far uh, but uh, what would be the best combination for per, uh, for workload for typical workload because <clears throat> uh, uh, because Postgres um, was, for, for instance, Postgres uh, in, in VCC uh, was never uh, was never designed from scratch. Uh, right. Initial version of Postgres uh, from Berkeley have an innovative concept of heap, innovative that time, uh, like uh, in. Uh, in late 90s and early uh, 80s. Uh, no, and a lot of that, and a lot of that yes. same early philosophy has been kept in Postgres yes, over yes. the years, correct? Yes, yes. It's early, early philosophy is that uh, heap is up and only structure, mm -hmm. so you always have all the uh, history of changes. Uh, you can do time travel queries and so on uh, and thanks to its append only it doesn't need right ahead lock uh, because it's uh, <laughs> you know uh, you don't do any modification of all data on only append so it's like a lock by itself and index uh, doesn't indexes doesn't need uh, recovery science uh, you can uh, lose them on uh, system crash and just rebuild. That was original Postgres concept. So, so yes, very, very interesting, but <laughs> that appears to be not, um, not very practical for typical use cases, right? So, uh, you know, uh, not every database can keep all the, all the history of changes. Right. You see, <laughs> obviously, right. And uh, to rebuild uh, every index on system crash, this is also not, not a good option. And this is why uh, in the early Postgres open source work, this uh, all of this was uh, redesigned. So uh, Postgres gets uh, Red Hat log and both heap and indexes get recovered by Red Hat log. But concept of uh, up and only heap uh, becomes a concept of MVCC. So it wasn't, it start to don't be able to give you a time travel for arbitrarily to go arbitrarily far into past, but <coughs> to provide you MVCC and uh, in order to uh, keep uh, heap into some you know, restrictions, uh, it's uh, became not append only, but vacuum uh, start cleaning uh, some gaps uh, gaps in heap, and that gaps was uh, uh, filled by uh, new tuples. That was how it's transformed. But you know, it's uh, uh, you know happened like a little bit accidentally. <laughs> so there is was initial design, and and it didn't work well, uh, and it was a uh, fix it in a most uh, straightforward way that's uh, <laughs> that's what's what's happened
Well, I think in a lot of cases, uh, whether it's a database or a piece of technology, uh, starting off a project, there are certain things that work because of the size of the database or the size of the user base. It works okay. But then as things start to escalate and get larger and larger, then you start to expose the limitations of that design. Uh, with the case of Postgres, when you were back in the Postgres seven days, you know, hundreds of gigs might have been like, oh my gosh, that's a very large database. Now you're talking potentially terabytes, petabytes of data. The the scale of problem becomes a, a magnitude worse. So uh, when you do have to go back and clean up the holes, uh, it's different to clean up the holes on a system that's 10, 20 gigs than it is, uh, you know, 100 terabytes. And I think that's that's one of those things that, uh, you know, early designs, you can get away with keeping things in the background and keeping things simple and just making uh, adjustments on top. But then over time, that just becomes uh, less tenable. Right. Yes, yes. And uh, also uh, early design, uh, you should also keep in mind that uh, Postgres was a research project by Berkeley. And uh, for research project, it's uh, not, not only valuable to uh, get some solution which would be best in practice, but for uh, uh, research project, it's, all, it's uh, valuable to just uh, do things differently and achieve some different results. <laughs> you know, it doesn't always have to, to be practical. Yes, it's just, it could just, uh, you know, uh, improve our vision and so on. So it's a little bit different goals for research and for industry. But for Postgres, it's, you know, uh, quite, uh, uh, you know, quite a unique way uh, so not not unique, but not so frequent way when uh, something which was started as a research uh, and the same code base, not just the same ideas, but the same code base uh, gets improved into a very popular industrial product. That's that's yeah. a, a case of Postgres. And and yeah, Postgres has been popular for years and years now, and it is making its way into the enterprise why haven't some of these design issues been fixed before now uh any any ideas or any thoughts on that why some of the limitations that exist and things that uh, uh could be optimized haven't been uh redone i i think um, i think as a, uh it's because uh you know there is a imagine it's a network of network of design decisions with interrelations and uh, uh, if you want to pick another decision in one point you have to uh, uh, you, you have to pick uh, it affects other design decision in other fields because it have many many connections and at the end of the day you have to redesign the whole network <laughs> yeah so you know? it's 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 like a a, a you know a, a piece of cloth and you pull a thread and the thread just keeps on coming undone for the rest of the whole thing and it's just a lot of additional work because it's not easy to fix those things i got it okay that makes sense yes and 
I think the, the issue is that there was no um, no uh, desperate enough person to <laughs> to, to do, uh, do this. Uh, well, everybody <laughs> likes performance, right? You know, so I mean, I don't know if it's desperation, but uh, you know, I think that yeah, I understand. It, you know, if it's working, it's it's sometimes better just to leave things alone until yes, there becomes uh, so, a problem. No, no, everybody likes performance, but uh, what typically uh, pe people are trying to do is to just uh, just uh, try to pick some of uh design decisions some one of them and even if it's a little bit even it's conflict with others try to insert some knobs to uh, make it possible uh, but to redesign the the whole network this that is uh this is that requires some some desperation i, I think now well so in you know, so what you've been working on, though, uh, with Oriole DB is mm -hmm. uh, a, a way to fix some of those limitations, uh, mm -hmm. but do it as, as an extension, correct? Yes, 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 it's correct. Mm, but uh, the, the, it requires some, some patches to improve Postgres extendability, to add some uh, missing hooks and it becomes too possible in an extension but uh, it's a little bit uh, you know tricky extension uh, which uh, actually uh, du duplicate some no duplicate but uh, provides uh, don't reuses many of postgres subsystems for instance uh, when if we, we have currently table access method api um uh, it's written so that it uh, expects that your implementation would uh, likely use postgres buffer manager that it will implement red ahead login at block level it's uh, it's also intended that uh, you will use existing index access methods uh, with uh, the API and so on. So many, actually there is many, many restrictions. Uh, what OrioDB does, uh, it's uh, patches which, uh, uh, which uh, brings more, more work which you can do on the extension side. So it uh, extends table access method API so that uh, you can uh, deal with indexes on your side. So you don't uh, realize the Postgres executor for that. And, and uh, it's uh, uh, remove uh, the constraints that you should use tuple identifier to identify tuple version and so on. And that's why Oriole DB uh, uh, does uh, things uh, very differently from the Postgres built-in engine. So, OrioDB, yes. Uh, okay, what's your question? So, OrioDB right now is it is it still in a pre-production state? So you would call it more of a of a beta or an alpha? What, what what's the state of it? Because I know the the code is up on GitHub. Um, yes, code is on GitHub, but 
yes, it's uh, it's not uh, it's not for production. Uh, we are uh, we are attracting some interest to the project. Uh, we are attracting some uh, uh, testing, and uh, we uh, encourage people to sponsor this. Yes, but it's uh, not yet in production. We are uh, fixing this. We are fixing issues uh, right now. Okay, okay. Um, so, with with something like the with the work that you're doing, part of the challenge with mm -hmm. any sort of performance testing, but especially in something that is trying to rewrite some of that core uh, storage engine type functionality. Mm -hmm is testing at scale and testing with large data sets with large workloads what what sort of tools and how are you doing that testing because that's often difficult to uh get something that tests at scale mm -hmm. uh, um, i i think uh, i don't have something uh, special uh, in in this field so uh we uh, we are we were uh, keeping in touch uh, with users from the uh, early very early stage of development, and uh, we got some uh, feedback from them. Uh, to, uh, make uh, uh, ask them to uh, test early 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 DB version on their workload. Okay. Uh, this is one aspect and another aspect uh, is uh, is that uh, we did uh, a lot of uh, benchmark on uh, on artificial uh, artificial data uh, to uh, to check some particular engine issues and compare it to postgres so no there is no no silver bullet in this okay. i think so there are multiple options uh what multiple things you can do and uh, uh more you do in this field uh better results you have yeah i think i think it's i think it's one of the more difficult things when you're developing or enhancing uh databases especially uh under the hood is certain workloads can perform well better and other workloads perform not so good depending on the changes you make and mm -hmm. it, it's it's interesting the trade-offs um that that people end up making because you know we see a lot of new postgres compatible technologies that are evolving and showing up in the ecosystem but sometimes they only work for a certain type of query workload or work best with you know certain conditions so it, it's it's often difficult to find a happy medium to solve as many general workloads as possible and so that's mm -hmm. why i was asking about testing um that, that's an yes and, uh, and this is uh, actually a reason for alpha, alpha release yes uh, we encourage people to try oral db for their workload and share feedback mm. yeah 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 yep, because absolutely. you know uh if uh, if you are in some uh you know if, if you are dealing with a small within some 
small inf system. I don't know uh, if you are working just with your thoughts, uh, thoughts of your colleagues, and uh, few uh, better customers. You know, uh, you are kind of uh, limited. Uh, uh, if you are open to the world, if you're doing an uh, open source release, then uh, people can come and uh, give you more, more feedback, more thoughts. Probably uh, there are some uh, workloads we didn't have in mind, right? Uh, uh, probably we can already handle it better. And probably we can, uh, there are some things we can do easily to you know, improve for some workload. Improves some so so called low hanging fruits we didn't uh, thought about it, but you know, also uh, there could be some uh, workload which uh, we handled worse and we didn't thought about it. So to better understand the niche for OLDB, we are relying on feedback from community, so community of users. Okay, great. And for those who do want to test it out, uh, you know, check out the GitHub uh, webpage. It's just uh, Oriole DB. Um, you know, and there there is the alpha out there and uh, instructions on how to get started with that and test it out. And mm -hmm. uh, Alexander, is there certain things you're looking for help on? Maybe uh, you know, help to either test, review, or uh, help with uh, contributions. Yes, uh, actually, um, uh, we encourage uh, everything uh, you mentioned. So, um, okay. uh, yes, uh, testing and uh, benchmarking is good. Um, um, you know, uh, contribution uh, by code uh, could be hard for new buy, uh, but uh, if uh, if somebody wants to do this, uh, please do. Uh, we will provide you an assistance and uh, also sponsorship of our open source work are also very welcome. Okay, great. And yeah. uh, Alexander is gonna be at Percona Live, uh, you know, and we're gonna be talking specifically about OreoDB. So we would encourage you if you have a, a chance to stop by his talk, listen to uh, the work that he's doing and see how you can get involved. Alexander, I wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Uh, I appreciate the, the, the time and uh, it's exciting to hear about some of the work and some of the things you're fixing. Yes, thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me and uh, please <laughs> come, visit my, come visit my talk if uh, the subject is interesting for you thank you yeah and and alexander as as you progress and as you've got more results and as you start to release you know come closer to a, a, a release come on back on and tell us about the progress and some of the things that you're seeing sure sure It'd be great all right thanks a bunch everybody we'll see you next time wow what a great episode that was we really appreciate you coming and checking it out we hope that you love open source as much as we do. If you like this video, go ahead and subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And of course, tune in to next week's episode. We really appreciate you coming and talking open source with us.